Welcome into another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It is a froggy Wednesday. We've got the Mexico Championship this week. We are fresh off. We really had some really, really good golf the last few weeks. Jordan Spieth, the winner uh, two weeks ago. And things are really, really heating up here on tour. So it's great to have uh, good golf. And now we've got a new event this week. And uh, got a great guest here as well. We have had two Graysons two weeks in a row. Last week, Grayson Sig who played with uh, Steph Straka at the Zurich. And now this week, we got Grayson Murray. So, Grayson, welcome to the uh, Stripe Show podcast, buddy. Thanks, Fraggy. Thanks for having me. How are you, man? I'm great. Just sitting here on my balcony in uh, Mexico, enjoying the nice weather down here. You guys are in uh, Puerto Vallarta, correct? That's correct. Never been here. It's, it's awesome. Um, we play in Cancun, and we're lucky enough to go there every year. But um, this, you know, is on the West Coast, and... It's got a little different vibe to it, but um, kind of the same vibe in a way. The golf course is totally different, um, which I like better personally. But right. um, no, it's great here. Yeah, we'll get into the uh, golf course as I know you've already played the golf course and you guys are uh, teeing off tomorrow. So uh, you played in uh, four events this year. Your best finish was at Pebble, four-time professional winner, including the 2017 Barbasol Championship. So Grayson, you are no stranger to the, you know, to the PGA tour and, and what it takes to play well. What is it that makes golf so, so difficult at the highest level? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I think that it's all mental. Um, I have the, every tool that you need to succeed out here. I've mm-hmm. proven it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in between the ears is the most important thing at this level that uh, on the PGA tour um, that separates the top from just making or keeping your card every year. Um, yeah, I think the same thing with amateurs too. Like, you know, you overthink it. You you're trying not to do something. You're trying not to do something wrong instead of trying to do something right. And that generally leads to a very bad result. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're trying to be so perfect or, um, you know, looking at, looking at things that, um, might, might not be what your real problem is, your real root of, uh, the issue. So, you know, we're all per- perfectionists out here to some degree. And, uh, you know, we, we all got out here swinging our own swing and doing our own thing. And then you like get out here and you want to get better somehow. And that leads to maybe getting worse and, uh, see it happen all the time. And, um, you know, just, just swing your swing is kind of the best, uh, motto that you can have. And, you know, some people aren't meant to be number one in the world ever. And some people are, and, uh, take, take the talent you got and, and do the best you can with it. Yeah. You know what? You're exactly right. I think a lot of amateurs fall into that. You play with your buddies and maybe your buddy was not better than you at one point. Now he is better than you. And you try to see what he's doing and you try to change your swing to fit that and hit it further and do this and do that. Or you see a tip on television or YouTube or Instagram and it ends up throwing you off track. And it, it really can be a very, very lonely, deep, dark hole you can fall into chasing golf swings. Oh yeah. I mean, do you guys do the same thing? Do you, do, do you see the same thing happen there where let's say maybe, and, and, and not exactly the same, but maybe you play with Rory and Rory's hitting it far. And then all of a sudden you try to do a little something Rory's doing and it throws you off. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely happened before. Um, but I, it goes back to just, you got to know your strengths and know your weaknesses and, uh, not shy away from your weaknesses, you know, don't lie about that. You're a bad butter or you're a bad chipper or, uh, your driver's not, you know, you're not the best driver in the world, but 
um, go and go and work on those and, and still keep up what you're good at though. I think that's important to not overlook. Um, for me personally, it's always the putter. If the putter's hot, I play well. If it's not, then uh, I'm struggling to make cuts. Um, right. Usually I'm not very far off with my ball striking when it is off. And um, and so for, for me, I, I yes, I want to go and practice putting and I want to get better at that, but I can't overlook uh, how good of a ball striker I am and, and you know, let that slide by because then – then you're all of a sudden, all right, your putter's not working. Now your ball striking is not working. Well, that's, no gonna, that's, that's not a good recipe. <laughs> right. You know, social media seems to be all the talk lately, whether it's a couple of days ago, uh, Elon Musk purchasing Twitter for what, $44 billion. I mean, like, I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on. And you have been a huge participant in, in social media. We'll go back a couple of years. I know that you would, uh, you would really kind of come out and said, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm in treatment for, uh, you know, for alcoholism. It's been a problem, uh, with, with my career on the PGA tour. I don't feel like I've had the support that I need. Uh, so this is kind of a, kind of a double-edged question here. And have you received the, help that you needed or that you filled is sufficient from the PGA tour part one and part two, how are you doing with that since treatment? Are you better off? Are you healthy now? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was, it was kind of a cry for help more than trying to blame the tour. I think that, um, you know, I'm an adult, I, I make my own decisions. So, you know, I chose to go sit at the bar and drink before and before around multiple times. And, um, you know, it, it goes back to, taking care of yourself before I can take care of you. Um, so I, I, you know, I went into treatment, like you said, and uh, I was there for 30 days and, uh, it was a humbling experience, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me at the moment. And, um, the moment I got home, Jay Monahan, you know, the commissioner called me and, you know, apologized and said we could have done better. And, um, you know, I said, he asked point blank, what, what can we do now for you? And, you know, I told him that there's nothing really at this point, you know, I got the help I needed, but I would love to, uh, have something in place for guys that are coming out on the PJ tour, you know, uh, in the future that they know that they are safe and they can go talk to someone who is willing to help them. Um, because it is a lonely world out here, especially as a young kid who, you know, I was 22 when I was a rookie and guys are just younger and younger these days. And, right. you know, they're get, they're given, um, all this money and given all this, uh, fame, this fame. And, and then it's hard to, to, to kind of, uh, to handle it all if you don't have the right tools in place. And I don't think any 19, 20 year old has any, all the right tools in place. I don't care how well you can hit a golf ball. Um, there's a lot more to it on the tour than, uh, the tour life than, than just hitting a golf ball. So, um, you know, the guys who get it early can figure it out early. They, they're the ones who succeed early. I think a uh, perfect example would be like a Jordan Spieth or a Colin Morikawa or someone like that who seems like they've been groomed since they were a kid to be this superstar. And um, when they finally, you know, hit the big stage, it's, it's almost like it's, it's what they've been doing for so many years. Right. It's no different. It's no different. Um, so yeah, I basically told Jay, look, you know, when you have a rookie orientation every year, there's X amount of rookies, uh, range from, you know, their teens to 40 years old, probably, or even higher that guys don't know what it's really like to be out here and to play every week and to see all these new cities. 
and to make all this money. And what are they going to do with their downtime, right? Are they going to drink? Are they going to go to the casinos? Are they going to, um, what's going to be good for them that they can um, have that balance, that balance that, um, you know, some of them have girlfriends and wives that can keep them in check. Um, I didn't have that. I didn't have uh, anyone that was there to really support me. It was just myself. And although my parents supported me behind the scenes, obviously they can't, you know, they, they're not, they're not going to sit there and babysit me. They're not going to monitor me when I'm on the road. And, right. um, and so I, you know, I, I, it honestly, it came so easy to me at first when I was a rookie and I won as a rookie and I got the two year exemption and, you know, I was making millions of dollars and I thought it would never end. I thought what I was doing was working and sure enough, it catches up to you. And before you know it, you're checking into rehab and, um, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I think it's great that I was able to kind of put it out there because I've had a lot of actually pros and I will never say their name, but come up to me and just thanked me that I was so vulnerable and was able to speak about my problems because they are, we're going through the same stuff. Um, they chose not to put it out there publicly like I did, right. but it, it honestly, it felt good hearing that because it, it's for once, you know, I felt like my voice was not just heard, but it was helping guys around me. And, um, for that, I'm grateful for, and, you know, I, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'll be the first to say that I've had slip ups since, uh, I've entered rehab, but I've know how to reel it back and know that I'm, um, I got the team around me that can get me right back in line. And, um, I feel like, um, it's, it's one of those things that's never going to go away. I'm just, I'm going to live with it, but, I do have the tools now that I didn't have before that I'm, uh, I'm prepared and I'm aware and, um, I know the signs to look out for. And I know, you know, when I'm not playing good golf, that's usually one of my triggers is to go and hit the bottle or when I'm hit airports, you know, that's one of my triggers is to, so I try to, although you can't avoid some, some instances, you know, I, I can't avoid airports, uh, I can't right. avoid bad golf, but I can't avoid, uh, going down that rabbit hole again of knowing that it's, it's no good on that side. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a big deal for you not to, you know, you're saying I'm not blaming anybody. I know it was something that, that, that I did. You're saying yourself, you know, you were responsible, but to want to help other people is, is really where it's at. For example, um, Billy Horschel's wife, uh, Brittany has been very public about her battle with alcoholism and how she went to rehab and now she does all she can to help. And so that's really where it's about is once you realize, Hey, I can help myself and I've got myself to a good, nice, uh, good ground, stable place. Now I can help other people. And so to be able to do that and get with the tour and try and make sure that rookies that come out don't suffer the same pitfalls that you suffered. um, That's, you know, that's big of you to do that and try and help the tour and help others. Um, Not to speak out out of class here. And I don't know that this is the problem. Uh, Matt Wolf has seemed to be one who has come out of the box and played very, very well, had a lot of success early, had a lot of the spotlight on him and now has struggled. I don't have any idea if, if alcohol is a problem. I don't even know if he drinks. I know nothing about that. I just know that that's another one that really took off quick. A star was really bright. And then now it has seemed to crash and burn. And so I hope that, that, that somebody's there for him to help him as he is trying to build his way back up to where he was. I agree. I mean, Matthew is such a, such a good kid. I mean, I've played with him many times and, you know, he 
you're right. He came out here and the world was at his fingertips. He had a ton of money thrown at him. Um, and you know, I think, I think whatever he's doing, I think he's going to get back to playing Matthew with golf again. And who cares how long it takes. I mean, it could take, it could take, you know, he could be back in a month or it could take years, but who cares? You know, it's his timeline. And, you know, I think if, if, if everyone is there for him when he comes back and, you know, I think that's the most important thing, but I'm glad he's focusing on himself. Most importantly, taking time away from the game. Um, because if you don't get better yourself, you're not going to be able to help others eventually down the road. Right. Like you did. Like I'm continuing to do. Yeah. And like right. I said, I'm not, I'm not perfect and I will be the first to admit my faults, but I could totally not give someone advice about this topic uh, nine months ago before I went into rehab because right. I was just not, I was not in the place to do it. It's a lonely, I don't think the average person realizes, and this is something else I want to get into, uh, is a tweet you made uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now you played on the corn Ferry tour. You shot four rounds in the sixties and said that you lost money that week. And I think some people took that as a complaint and I, I didn't take it as a complaint. I took it as you can play really well out here. This is how amazing the talent is. If you are aspiring to be a professional golfer, you better get your shit together because it's tough out here. It's a lonely, lonely world, and it is a lot, a ton of talent out there at every level, not just at the top level on the PGA Tour, but even at every level. Yeah, I mean, it's – and, you know, the Corn Ferry is doing such a great job and putting more money out there. And I agree to that to a certain extent, um, but I also agree that they shouldn't – get guys to consent out there. I mean, it is a developmental tour. It's like the minors in baseball and, you know, the minor leaguers aren't making much money. They're having to grind it out. And, um, but it is, it is a bad thing when someone finishes 75th on the money list, basically keeping their corn fairy card for the year and losing money for the year. I think they should be making money because they have, you know, families to support. So I'm glad that they are upping the purses out there in that sense. But you can't up them but too much because then guys will be too content and they're never even going to want to get to the PJ tour. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I sent that tweet out as just the kind of a, a eye opener to the guys who are trying to make it, who are trying to continuing to pursue their dream of getting out here on tour. And you know, it's not going to be easy. It's, and it's not going to be easy when you do make it out here, but it definitely sure is not going to be easy when you are out there grinding and shooting, like, a, like you said, four rounds in the sixties and losing money. And, um, you know, I'm not, I've done this long enough. I'm not going to, uh, bunk it with four guys, four caddies or four players. That's just, right. not, but I need to be comfortable off the course, but I'm also not one to splurge to where I did. You're not staying in the, in the suite at the Ritz Carlton every weekend. <laughs> no, not on the corn Ferry tour, maybe in Maui or something. If I'm playing in the tournament of champions but, right. <laughs> when there's guaranteed money to be made. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's a win lose out there in that sense with the money, but, but you know what? It's, it's very rewarding when you do make it out here and the tour is pumping in more money and they're getting, you know, a lot of um, pressure from Saudi to, to keep up in it over here. And which is, I think a great thing. Uh, and I know you want to talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, I think sure. it's, I think it's great to have competition. Um, I think, I think there's too, too, I think the tour gets too content sometimes knowing that they do have the best tour in the world. And, and, um, I think, I think someone needs to challenge him. I, I really do. 
And, and, and we'll definitely get into that, but I wanted to ask you as well, if you could kind of break down, you don't have to give exact numbers by any means, but, um, and maybe you did actually, if you could break down how, what did you finish that week that you shot the four rounds in the sixties at the, at the, at the corn Ferry event? So I finished T26, I think a lot of ways, um, maybe eight or nine ways. So that money obviously is, uh, dispersed, um, in the lesser amount that because I finished so in so many ties, but, um, right. It, uh, I think I was, I finished seven shots out of the lead. Um, okay. so there was what, 27 guys in between me and, uh, this goes to show how much talent's out there. You shot four rounds in the sixties yeah, and you were seven shots back. That's how much yeah. talent's on the corn Ferry tour. Oh, I, absolutely. And it also, you know, shows you that, yeah, one putt here or there every day, is the difference in winning and, you know, losing money for the week. Um, right. And how did you, but, how did, how do you end up losing money that week? So, um, I actually ended up doing the Monday qualifier for that tournament. So I was out there. Well, it was actually a Friday qualifier. So I got out there on the Wednesday before the week started, stayed Wednesday, Thursday, played in the Friday qualifier. Wasn't going to fly back to Raleigh or Florida because, it, the tournament started on a Wednesday. So, you know, I would have to fly back and turn right back around and get back to Dallas. So that's just another up, expense. Yeah, exactly. So I ended up staying out there and got a room, um, Friday night through basically the end of the tournament. So I was out there like 10 days and if, let's just say if I was out there a normal seven days, like I usually am, I still would have lost money. It's not like those three days cost me, you know, was the difference maker. Um, right. It, it basically you go you go into paying your caddy um, just a flat rate and then a little bit of a percentage and then you know from a hotel and you got to rent a car out there you're not getting courtesy cars like you do on the PJ tour right. um, so you rent a car caddy hotel and then food um, you know you got to eat <laughs> you can't go you can't starve yourself and that's all I saw someone saying. That doesn't lead to good golf. (laughs) No, I saw a guy, I think responded, I should skip a few meals. I've done, I did that back in the seventies or whatever, you know, wrote, wrote, slept in my car a few nights, whatever. I'm not dead broke. I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not, that's just, that wasn't the point of your tweet. (laughs) No, absolutely not. You know, you know, Twitter is everyone takes it out of context. Right. uh, Or tries to, tries to make you look like the villain when you're, when you're not trying to be, but, uh, yeah, like Mike all, Tyson said, tw- Twitter's made people too, too comfortable with disrespect. And then that guy on that airplane found out real fast that <laughs> in real life, it's a little different than Twitter. <laughs> yeah. He's the wrong guy to go at in real life. Right. Uh, but anyways, you know, it's all good and fine. I, I honestly, I'm at the point where when I do tweet, I try not to even look at the responses. And, and if I do, I'm, I'm trying to just have fun, pull someone's leg because, these guys, these guys are, are just keyboard warriors at the end of the day. And they, they, they're just trying to get something out of you. They're trying to make it, you know, trying to get something to, for you to say, that's going to be a little newsworthy or tell their buddies that, Hey, Grayson Murray tweeted me back this because I tweeted him this. And, um, you know, I'm my agent's worst nightmare to be honest with you, but he loves me and I love him. And, uh, it's all good and fun. I mean, I think, yeah, I probably could have more sponsors or, uh, companies coming at me in different angles. If I were a little more by the book, but that's not who I am. That's and not I'm, you. Not, I'm not willing to change who I am to get a corporate sponsor on my sleeve and, uh, and fake it, <laughs> fake it around. 
for, for so, all those years. So speaking of social media, so let's go back to Hawaii and uh, Kevin Nas playing and doing what he does, walking in putts mm-hmm. and Chantel McCabe, who is a friend here of the podcast, good friend yeah. of ours. Yeah, she I love tweets Chantel. that. Yeah, she's awesome. She tweets that uh, it never gets old watching Kevin Nas walk in putts. Yeah. And you decided to respond with, <laughs> it gets old watching him take three minutes to hit each one of them, though. Yes. And you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. And his playing partners that week were walking to the next tee, so they were getting, it was getting old for them, too. Honestly, that was just a stab at him um, to maybe, uh, to get a little bit of a rise out of him, maybe. Uh, and it did. It worked. And it, Oh, it worked. And he, you know what? He came back at me and and kudos to him for, you know, giving it, giving it back to me. I, I, Hey, when I, when I give it, I'm, I'm ready to receive it. I get it. I'm not the best player out there on tour. And, uh, I'm an easy target when it comes to, you know, attacking someone, they're going to come back. And if he's a better player than me, then that gives him a, you know, an easy way to, uh, right. an easy comeback. And, and I kind of set myself up for that one, but, um, you know, he held his own and came back and I was applauding him on the other side and <laughs> I wanted to keep going a bit and just kind of draw it out and give, give the people a little bit of a show. But, right. um, you know, it, at that point it kind of made me look like I was just, uh, you know, uh, it didn't, it didn't have any good effects afterwards. You know, I kind of took it like a man and just moved on. But, um, so you've played four events. Have you seen Kevin since that exchange on Twitter? And the reason I ask is because, yeah. This week, you guys are both in the field together. I did notice that he is one tee time after you, but you're going off on 10 and he's going off on one. So you won't be close to each other when you tee off. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> I mean, that was what, a couple months ago? We're, yeah, it was in January, I believe. Yeah, so we're in April. So that was, you know, three months ago, four months ago. And right. I, I honestly have kind of forgot about it. Like, it, it is what, you know, it kind of brushed over a few days after. And, right. uh, and so I, I forgot about it, but, um, funny enough, we were, I was hitting balls today on the range in Mexico and, um, uh, just kind of had my head down walking to the chipping green. And sure enough, I hear someone yelling and cussing at me and, uh, I don't know. Can we cuss on this show? I won't yeah, repeat yeah. what he, yeah, yeah no, go re- ahead. You can say it. No, it's fine. <laughs> if he I said it, re- you can say it. You're, actually, uh, it's news when you report it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, I won't repeat every word he said, but basically there's a lot of profanity involved and calling me uh, a not-so-nice word about how I should have said it to him and to his face in person. And uh, he didn't like that I didn't tag him on the post, which I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure Chantel had already tagged yeah, him. Yeah, she had tagged him. So yeah, exactly. So if I respond, I'm pretty sure it, it's, he's already tagged in the post. If that's right. how I think it works. Uh, I'm not afraid to go at him. I'm, I'll, I'll tag him. Um, right. so he was, he was cussing at me saying I should have told him in person, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and this was today on the range and I mean, wow. Right. The range is packed. And, and I mean, there must've been 40 guys lined up on the range and I guarantee you every one of them could have heard, heard what he said and the, and the caddies and, I, you know, I went up to him. I went right up to his face and held my ground. And, you know, I told him, I said, uh, I said, if I weren't get suspended right now, if I weren't get suspended, I would drop his ass right there on the range because what he said to me was very, uh, wow. immature, immature. And, um, I know he wouldn't have said it to me if we were, if, if we were just seeing each other on the road, like outside of the golf course. Uh, I think it was a very immature thing to say right then and there. And, uh, four months later and to, uh, to do it 
on the range where he knows it's his safe spot. He knows that I'm not going to do anything to him. Mm -hmm. Um, and he knows that he's, you know, he's provoking me. Even another player standing right beside said, Hey, Grayson, just keep walking because he's just provoking you. He's, he's getting what he wants to get out of you. And, uh, you know, I, and I think the old me might've, might've just, just gone ahead and done it. Um, I told my, I told a caddy who was standing there who I'm good friends with one of my old caddies, Mike Hicks, who's, uh, we're both huge Hurricanes player, uh, fans, Carolina Hurricanes fans. And uh, I told him, I said, if that would have been on ice and on skates, I would have got a, a 10 minute major and he'd have been out for the season. Let's just put it that way. Wow. But it's, it's golf. And you know what? I'm going to move on. And like they say, he's living, he's living, uh, or I'm living rent free in his head now. Cause I, I moved, I've moved on from it. Uh, right. How'd you leave it with him? Um, I told him, I said, uh, if he goes and plays the Saudi league, no one's going to miss him on this tour. <laughs> wow. Were there some, uh, yeah. F words involved in what he called you? Did, did he call you a name or did he just say he didn't like what you oh, said? Oh no, there, there, there were some F words and there were some, uh, some words that you cannot say on the show. And, uh, really, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, if, if he's going to call me out, I'm going to hold my ground. And, you know, I went right up to his face and told him, I said, look, if, if, if I knew I wasn't getting suspended, you'd be on this ground right now because I would, I would, I would have you and I would, I would, you know, I'm a lot bigger guy than him and I can hold my ground when it comes to that type of stuff. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid. And, uh, uh you know, I, I just don't think it was the, the right time and place to, to do it in front of all those people. Um, is this the first event you've been in that he's been in at the same time since that happened? Yeah, I think so. And, okay. Cause he didn't play the Honda. I know you, I know you, you played the Honda. Yeah. He must not have played the Honda. No, exactly. And, uh, you, you know, look, I, my buddy, I was telling my buddy this story who I'm rooming with this week. And he, he's like, look, do you, do you, should you have tweeted what you tweeted? You know, what, what do you get from that? Why, why'd you do it? Whatever. And I said, you're right. I mean, it probably wasn't the best thing to tweet and I didn't gain anything from it, but you know, a few people disliking me and then a lot of people liking me as well, but I didn't gain anything from it. He's correct. But at the same time, it's, it's, you know, it, it also has been four months and he's, you know, he's the immature one at this point, um, to do, to do what he did today. And, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna poke the bear anymore. You know, I've, I've, I've had my fun with that kid, that guy. And if he wants to be the immature adult he is, then, uh, I'll let him continue to do it. But at this point, I'm going to, like one of my, one of my friends who texted me, saw it happen. Just go kick his ass on the golf course. You don't have to kick his ass in person. He's not worth it. Uh, kick his ass on the golf course and uh, just, just let the clubs do the talking at this point. PXG has done it again with the launch of a new lineup of drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. The new gen five golf clubs deliver significantly increased MOI, faster ball speeds, longer distances, and tighter dispersions all coupled what the exceptional feel and sound golfers have come to expect from PXG. Schedule your custom fitting or buy online at pxg.com. Yeah, it's a lose-lose situation for you at this point. You're better off to just walk away. He, he, you know, he did, you, you tweeted what you tweeted. He did what he did today. You're better off at this point. You've both done your thing. Move on and do your talking on the golf course. I agree hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, Am I going to go and have dinner with them uh, and make up? No, absolutely no. not. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to ever hang out with the guy. And if we get paired together, I probably won't say one word to him, but 
I will shake his hand and before we play and shake his hand after like a man. And, uh, you know, at this point, it's, it's, it's the balls in his court. If he wants to act like a immature adult, he is, then he can keep doing that. But I've moved but on. But you said and, other people did see it today. Oh, the whole, the whole range. I mean, it was, yeah, the whole range. Um, uh, I was so, I was so heated. I'm telling you when I say this fumes were coming out of my ears, I was so mad at the moment. And, uh, Congrats I asked you for controlling yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I won't say his name, but, uh, there was a player right beside me and, you know, he just, he basically said, Grayson, look, he's provoking you. This is what he wants. This is what he's trying to get you to do. Just, just walk away. And I was like, oh. you know what? I, I, I'm glad I did called my agent and just said, you won't believe what happened. And, uh, he's like, I'm proud of you. Uh, kind of would have been funny if you'd have punched him, but no, nah, not really. It, nah. it would have not, it would have not, it would have not been funny. And, uh, nah, we don't uh need that. like I said, if I was on skates and on ice and it would have been a different story, <laughs> right? Different sport, different, <laughs> different yeah. outcome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Saudi league. And so this week we've seen that reportedly, there are 15 people ready to go. The only name that we've really seen so far, well, actually two, we've seen that uh, Robert Garrigus has requested permission and that Phil now, after a hiatus from the tour, has applied to be in the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship, I believe, yeah. and then has also applied to be in the Saudi League. You did mention earlier that you think the Saudi League is good and and... I halfway agree with you. I think competition is good at any point. I think competition makes everybody better. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. I have an issue with the Saudi league and where the money's coming from and all the things that it represents. I, that's where my issue lies with them. Mm -hmm. um, where do you stand on the Saudi league? Is the Saudi league something that Grayson Murray would be interested in, in being a part of? Uh, or are you happy on the PGA tour? Because like you said, it is the greatest tour in the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the guys that are coming out and you, you start seeing the list get bigger and bigger. Um, they are basically uh, right into the tour trying to get um, an exempt or a, or I guess you can say permission to go play. But hasn't the tour made it clear that if you go over there and play that, you are not coming back. Yeah. I don't know um, how it works because I know some of these players are just getting released for like one, one event. Um, they're not technically signing up for the whole tour. Um, Robert Garrigus has the same agent as I do. So I've talked to Kevin, my agent about this and basically Robert got the uh, release to go play in London. I think is their first event. Um, so I can you do that? Can you play in one event and come back? That's where I think everything is just such so in the air that people are really afraid to even take the first step. Right. Um, I mean, my agent kind of put it to me this way. They're like, what's a number that you would go play in one event? Let's just say one event does happen and that's it. No other events happen. And what's the number that would get you to retire? Basically, what's the number that let's just say you go play in that one event and then the PJ tour says you're not allowed to come back. You know, what, what, what type of number, what, what money number is going to take you to do that? And, what is that uh, for you? I mean, I said 20 million up front, just stroke a check and I'll go invest it and I'll just ride off into the sunset. Not that I think I can't make more than that on the PJ tour. I just mm -hmm. think you take that money and you go and invest it, right? And, you know, bye-bye. But um, I know the money, the, the number is a lot bigger for a lot of guys. And uh, 
does it not bother you where that money's coming from or the unstableness of that tour? I mean, it definitely is, is kind of, uh, a lot of people like to use the term dirty money. Um, it's probably not, um, you know, I don't know enough about that type of what where it's coming. Well, I do obviously I know it's coming from investors and, and the Saudis and all that. And, um, I, I personally, um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm kind of two ways. I see, I see where you're coming from. And I also see, uh, you know, why guys would do it. Um, because it can better your life. You know, when you're talking twenties and millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, um, that's a lot of money, you know, that's a lot of money. I can see why somebody maybe, and this is not, I'm not by any means downsizing, people against people. I'm saying I can't see where a Dustin, a Brooks, a Rory, uh, I can't see Justin Thomas. I can't see where those guys would benefit from going. I can see where level two and three guys would benefit from going because of the money that is available. However, are the level two and three guys going over to play the Saudi league? Is that going to garner enough attention? They're going to need some a list player guys to make that jump. And I'm not sure they're going to well, get that. Here's the thing. They over there, they got such, they print the money, right? Like they have so much money. It doesn't matter. I think they're trying to stick it to the tour. I really do. I don't think they care if they lose hundreds of millions of dollars. I really think once they um, start having these tournaments and, and people are making, you know, the, let's just say the Grayson Murray of the world goes and plays and I make $4 million my first week out there. You know, that's as much as I've made in my career. So if I go and make that, and then all of a sudden all these guys who are, let's just say tier three, tier two players are making this type of money. And now you, all of a sudden you see all these a, a, a tier players that are like, Oh wow. Okay. This is pretty easy to make this much money. Maybe we should go try it. I think that's their what they're trying to do. I, I, I think they have realized and have um, come to that. Our, our first couple tournaments are not going to be a list players. Um, but if we keep continuing to put the money in the pockets of these guys, I think they think that a list players are going to jump on board eventually. Um, the names you just mentioned. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think they should go. I mean, they're making, they're already making all, you know, all kinds of money off the course. Right. Um, the on the course, you know, that can stop in a heartbeat, right? I mean, they don't they don't have to continue to play up to their level that they're playing the Justin Thomases of the world, the Dustin Johnsons. You know, it's hard to keep that going. Oh, for, for sure. Tiger Woods has made us all think that it just happens forever and mm-hmm. it doesn't. Exactly, exactly. And um, you know, it, it, in that case, you know, they could they could they're not making you know, let's just say of Justin Thomas is averaging eight six to eight million dollars on the course right now and another six to eight off the course. Yeah, that's a great living. But what if that six to eight on the course just stops, you know, well, that six to eight off the course is going to stop as well. So, you know, sponsors, yeah, they, they, they put out this picture of, they love us, they blah, blah, blah. But as soon as we start playing bad, it's off to the next guy. I'm sorry. It's just, they're not, they don't sell clubs. um, If, if, if the guy isn't on the first page of the leaderboard consistently. So let me ask you this. Is the Saudi league something that you are interested in? Is it something you've thought about doing? I think if I, if the tour came out and said, look, you guys can play both, you can, you can have the option. 
then yes, I would. But if I think they said you could play one, if they said you can go play one event, would you go play one event and come back? Uh, if, if they let me come back for sure, I would Absolutely. do it in a heartbeat. Uh, Have you heard any other names? So are you aware of any other names other than Garrigus and Mickelson? Are you aware of any other names that you know have, I mean, I've I mean, heard, I've heard Bubba Watson yeah. thrown out there. I've heard Poulter yeah. thrown out there. I think I heard not thrown out there. I've heard, I've heard some yeah. names thrown out, but nothing concrete. What have you heard? What are you guys? So, hearing? so, uh, I think nah was, was his name. He was signed up to do it. And then his name got out there that he was going to do it. And he backed out. So a lot of these guys, I think, are are wanting to do it. But mm-hmm. once their name gets out there in the media, and all of a sudden they start panicking because now their sponsors don't want anything to do with them because right. they're tied to Saudi. So yeah, I mean, look at I, Phil; he lost everything. I know every sponsor and, and, dipped. Yeah, and that's what. And that's my point is, um, you know, Phil. Phil is still Phil. His name is still very relevant, even though his game obviously isn't like it was. Obviously, he just won the PGA, so his game is still good, but right. he's not hes not like he was 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Um, but look how quick they were to leave him because of, you know, what he said or maybe his game wasn't, you know, maybe they looked at it as, well. Wow, all right, this is our perfect, this is our easy way out now. You know, he's not, he's 51 years old and how much money is he really making us as a company? So, he, yeah, you know, he, he said what he said. This is our easy way out. Um, I... I feel bad for him. I really do. I think he had good intentions. I think he um, is right about when he said, I don't think the words he used about the tour being greedy was the best choice of words. Correct. Um, I do understand what he was trying to say and how he, he as an individual has brought in the tour so much money in his career and he has gotten, you know, such a fraction back, I think, in that sense. Um, $500 million is a lot of money. <laughs> it is, but look, look, I always tell people, you got a guy on, who's the fifth player in the NBA making $100 million in four years. So, And he's not a Phil Mickelson. He's not a Hall of Famer. Um, Phil Mickelson I mean, would be... I know yeah. it's a little different, and, and, but, but, but the tour has a lot of money. You know, don't, let them, don't let them fool you. They got all these media rights. They got they got tons of money sitting there, and I don't really know what they're doing with it. Um, right. Well, I they did listen, and 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 I don't work for the tour by any means, but no. the tour does donate a crap ton of money every year, more than any other professional sports organization. They do a lot of charity work, and they do a lot for the communities in which uh, their events are held. Uh, so I know that a large portion of the money goes to that as yes. well, and rightfully so. That's what makes the tour so great. Absolutely, and you know we're we're a unique sport. We can play a lot longer than most sports, uh, uh-huh. every sport, really. Um, so our careers are longer. We have a bigger window to make money. And, you know, they are giving us the opportunity to uh, – when we're on TV and we have these logos on our shirts and hats, you know. Right. They, that, they, 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 give they us do the provide platform. the arena for you to play, without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it, and that's why Phil has made so much money off the course, right, is because uh-huh. – the PJ tour was the arena for that. So right. he hit every um, shot. I don't doubt that he hit every shot. He deserves that. However, the arena that he was provided to hit those shots was provided by the PGA tour. And he yep. wouldn't have had KPMG and Callaway and, and, and all the other sponsorships that he had without the TV deals that the PGA tour allows him to play in front of. I mean, it really, it's, yeah. it's, it, it really is such a, I scratch my back. You, you scratch yours. Yeah. And, it, and I, I think the average person has a hard time feeling sorry for a guy who's worth half a billion dollars. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. where it came across as a little victimy and like, hey, look at everything I've done and you didn't take care of me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, you've been taken pretty good care of. It would it would have sounded a lot better coming from coming from Grace and Murray. Like, hey, listen, they're not taking care of me. Th- th- that's more believable than coming from Phil. But Phil's got a name. And when he yeah. says something, people listen. Yeah, I mean, look, Phil is one of those people that whatever he says, he has thought about before he said it. Um, he knew what he was saying. He knew what he was getting himself into. He said it with clear intent to get, obviously, a rise out of people to get the tour to, uh, he knew that there was probably not going to be very good consequences from what he said. Um, I would think so. I didn't, and in that, obviously and in that, that sense, in that sense, I don't feel sorry for him. I think he, you know, if he if if you called him out after a round and let's say he played bad and you called him after a round and you're asking him questions and all of a sudden this topic comes up and he said something and he didn't have time to think about it, it'd be a little different. But he put yeah, it the out Shipnook there. Interview was very well thought out. Exactly. Yeah, he, very he, much so. He, he he told him what he was going to ask him, and he you know he had he prepared, and I'm sure he, his team knew what he was going to be asked, and you know that's that's just part of it when you're that famous and that in the spotlight. You know, you have people around you, you have people that teach you how to talk to the media, you know. So I don't feel bad for him in that sense. But you know what, Phil is, um, he's been great to me. That's all I can say is he's been great to me. And his brother was my coach in, high, in college at Arizona State. And right. um, T- Tim's a great friend. And you know what, his family, his, I've met his mom and dad who are most wonderful people. Um, and so I have nothing but good things to say. But I, I, I do feel bad and, and I wish people, and, it, and it'll never change. I mean, this is just how the world works, but you know, when people are down and people say the wrong things, people tend to just clench onto it and, and run oh, with it. Cancel and, culture and, is, is, is taking over everything. And I, and you know, you forget about the good things the guy's done for golf and you forget about, um, just the good things he's done to, to fans in the past, or you forget about how generous he's been to, tipping all these people who he comes across, you know, in his whole life, you know, you hear about the, the good tippers and the bad tippers. Well, Bill was the good tip from the best tipper on the list. So, you know, he's, he's changed a lot of lives, um, for the, for the better. And, um, you know, I think over time it, it's going to blow over. I hope, I hope golf like the PJ tour and, and all that, they don't, they don't, they can, they can look past it too. You know, I mean, I've heard talks of him, you know, being pulled out of the hall of fame, which would be crazy. You know, I no. think that's just nonsense. Talk. I agree. I mean, the I guy, agree. That, it has nothing to do with his golf. People make mistakes. Um, and, um, you know, I, I hope he, uh, when I see him back out here, I hope he gets a welcome that, you know, that a tiger woods got when he came back after all his scandals and, and yeah, I'm not sure that will happen. I don't either. I don't, yeah. I don't either. Not and, sure. Uh, yeah. But, um, but before we, uh, before we let you, I, I wish I want to get to our emergency nine and ask you our quick nine questions, but I want to yeah. talk about the golf course this week, brand new golf course, brand new place. Uh, talk about the golf course a little bit. I know you said you liked it better than the other golf courses that you guys have played in Mexico. It's a bombers course. I mean, it's, I talked to one of the rules officials today and, uh, you know, I, I hope they keep it back, uh, you know, they'll, they'll move some tees around, but it's a bomber's paradise. I don't, I don't want them to move it up. Um, you know, the fairways aren't running very much. Um, 
par fours are long. I mean, even I'm one of the longest hitters out here and I'm hitting seven iron, six iron, even five irons into some par fours. What's your, what's your average seven iron distance? Like 195, 195. So, you know, I mean that you're getting 500 plus par fours out here. And, uh, there's like probably two or three tee shots where you really have to kind of sack up and just like, all right, you got to hit a good drive. But other than that, it's wide open. So Look for a guy who hits it long and look for a guy who, honestly, your short game, the grass is so perfect down here. When I say that the grass is perfect, I mean, like, when we showed up on Monday morning and the range had never been hit on, like, you could have your breakfast on this grass. It was so good. Um, awesome. So it's not going to take someone who doesn't have every shot around the green because the grass is so good. It's so easy to chip off of. Um right. So look for a guy who hits it long and, you know, is a good mid-iron player, to be honest with you. Um, you're not even going to have to putt it great. Um, I mean, the greens are big. They're not that fast. They're going to be a lot of – it's going to be a low score just because uh-huh. it is in such perfect shape. And the wind is basically the same every day. It's blowing 10 to 15 in the afternoon. So uh-huh. you're not going to uh, get any surprises in weather-wise. Um so I like my chances in playing good here. I mean, I really do. I don't say that like just to say it. I say it because when there's a course tailor made for you, you kind of get uh-huh. a little excited and you get excited right. and it's a new course, right? So no one knows what the winning score is going to be. No one even really say like, Oh, it's going to be 20 to 25. Um, we don't know. I mean, you tiger always said, take the first round leader and usually double the score and add a few or minus a few. And that's pretty much your window of who the leads, you know, leading uh scored in the round four rounds gonna be um so you know if the leader is gonna be 18 nine under uh after day one look for it to be about 20 22 under that's gonna win this wow. tournament that's um, crazy so and i honestly he's right on when you when he said that uh years ago when he i think he was, it was in an interview he was like i usually take the first round lead and barring you know maybe some crazy weather here or there it's if it's four under, I'm going to, you know, I need to get to 10 under and I have a chance on Sunday. So, wow. That's cool. That's at least that's, that's good to know and have that in your head after the first round. Like, you know, kind of yeah. where you stand, you, you tee off uh, tomorrow afternoon with Ryan uh, armor and mm-hmm. David Lingmurth. Uh, two questions. What are you working on in your swing and what's the current state of your game, Grayson? Yeah. So my, um, my, my swing's pretty simple when it comes to, um, what I work on. It's never, um, it's never really new things. I, right now I'm just working on trying to get that club face at the top more closed. So what I mean by that is if you look like, if you look at a Dustin Johnson, he has a bowed wrist at the top and his face is pointing straight up to the sky. That's a little too closed for me, but it's somewhere close to that because that all just I do so you is, can just drop it and rotate on it. Mm-hmm. Drop it, rotate, and uh, swing left. So all you'd have to—you don't have to do anything at the bottom with your face. Um, when I'm when I'm too open at the top or square at the top, I have to get to—I I get flippy at the bottom. So I'm gonna—it's—I'm gonna have a two-way miss, and uh, you can't play golf with a two-way miss. I've been doing it for the last six months or more, probably, uh-huh. and that's why my game has been where it's been in the gutter because no one can play golf with a two way miss unless your short game is just unbelievable. Right. Um, and even then it's going to catch up to you. So I, that's all I'm really working on. Um, and then as far as, um, um, well, as the current well, state well, of your, as, yeah. as, as the current state of your game, I mean, Oh yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you know what it takes there, to win yeah. on the tour. How, how, how close are you? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, um, 
how I'm hitting it, all I have to do is putt average, putt average and chip average. And I will, uh, that means, you know, if you look at strokes, game putting and chipping or around the green, if I'm zero and zero in that statistic, uh-huh. I have a good chance of winning. I mean, even when I won the Barbasol my rookie year, I think strokes, game putting, I was like 0.5. Like you see guys who went on tour that strokes, game putting are plus 12 plus 13, like Cam Smith at the players championship. I've never even in my life had, I don't even know what that feels like. I wouldn't even, I don't even, you know, I don't even, I can't even fathom that, but he probably can't, he probably can't fathom having plus 10 or plus 12 strokes gain approach shot or off the tee, you know? So that's where I say, you know, you, you, you own your own game, you know, your strengths, you know, your weaknesses, obviously Cam Smith is a well-rounded player. That's why he's right. You know, elite player on tour and elite player in the world. And that's where I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get to where I can be elite all the way around. Don't have to be great. Just be elite, elite enough. And I don't, um, I think, I think if, if, if I can continue to hit it, like I'm hitting it and just keep working on the, the little stuff, like, like I said, my mind and, and, uh, and, and keep putting hours on the putting green and chipping green. I, I think honestly, um, when wins come out of the blue sometimes, right? I mean, you of your four five. starts this year, would you say you're hitting the best you're hitting it right now than you have of any of your other starts? Oh, yeah. You feel more oh, confident absolutely. right now? Yeah, it's not even close. I'm, That's awesome. Um, I'm, it's not even close, which gets me excited because yeah. I can, I, I've always been a streaky putter. I've never been one to just uh, putt good all year. Um, and so I know once that, once I see that, that ball go in the hole, let's say on a Thursday or Friday, or if I find uh-huh. something in my grip that just feels better, it, 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 then it's just game on for me. So right. that's awesome. Good deal. Well, before we let you go, let's get this emergency nine in. We'll ask you nine quick questions. And you just tell me right. the first thing that comes to your mind. Number one, best ball striker on the PGA tour. Uh, <laughs> Louis Ustazen, who I've played with. Okay. Number two, would you rather have a phone call or send a text? Uh, call. Call, really? Okay. Uh, Amazon or go to the store and buy it yourself? Amazon. <laughs> exactly. Me too. Uh, <laughs> your go-to karaoke song? Shit. I don't know. How about uh, <laughs> something country? I'm a country yeah. guy. Oh, me too. Something big time. Eric, Eric, maybe Eric Church. Eric Church. Like I, Eric I dig Church. that. Uh, player you'd most be nervous to be paired with on the PGA Tour. And then let me say other than Tiger Woods. Because <laughs> everybody says Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't, I'm not going to be nervous playing with anyone out here. It might be because I'm in the final group of a major. But right. I'm not going to be nervous because I'm playing with whoever. Would you be nervous to play with Tiger? Um, I mean, I've played with them, not in a real round. I've played practice rounds with them. I mean, no, like I, I played with president Trump three right. months ago and I was pretty yeah. nervous, honestly, with that, than I've ever been with anyone else. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I keep asking questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, here we go. Now. Um, if you weren't a pro golfer, what would you be doing? Shit, probably real estate. I, I, I like real estate. All right. What's the most famous phone number in your cell phone? Uh, probably tiger, uh, sports, tiger, non-sports, probably Eric Trump. Okay. Well, we can, we, here, we can compare numbers because I've got that one too. So we're, that's good. We, we, we both got Eric's number. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I know you know, Eric. Yeah. We both got Eric's number. Uh, the best shot you've ever hit 
considering the circumstance. And don't tell Eric he's famous because that'll get to his head. You know, <laughs> he might know, but yeah, I think you're right. Actually, yeah, I mean, he he might know, but you know, we we want to keep him. We want to keep him humble. <laughs> what was best, the shot, Sorry. best shot you've ever hit under the circumstance. Um, shit, probably. Oh, I mean, probably a putt. Probably just a ten foot putt when I won. Eight foot butt. I don't know what it was. Uh, yeah. All right. Your favorite social media of choice and your favorite follow on that social media. I would say Instagram for sure. Okay. I would say. That's good. We would like for you to stay off Twitter, I think. <laughs> yes. And it's easier to just, I can just, uh, I don't know. I can limit who <laughs> comments and posts on my shit. So, you do. um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh favorite follow would probably be like a porn star. Not a porn <laughs> star, but like a model. Right. You know, someone someone who's posting bikini pictures every day. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and by the way, I do have to admit, if you go on your Instagram and your DMs and you go to not your normal one, but if you go over to let's say requests, I'm okay. gonna look like a crazy stalker because I must have DM'd you about 25 times to come on the podcast. So I look like okay. a crazy ex-girlfriend, but I'm really not. It's me. See, I don't even know how to do that. I didn't even know there was another tab. Thought, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's another okay. tab. It says requests. And it's like, so you're good. If you go, if you ever end up over there, you're going to go, what the hell is this froggy guy want? That's me. All right. Well, I apologize. I'm not, <laughs> no, don't I'm worry. not ignoring it. You saw how quickly I responded when Larry Blake texted us. I did. I did. Uh, what's your exempt <laughs> status moving forward? How, how, uh, how can we see you play after this week? When will we see Grayson again? So I, when I took my medical last year, I, I, uh, I got exempt straight to corn prairie finals. Um, I didn't play in it last year, so I got that to fall back on this year. Um, mm -hmm. I've won on one of those courses. I've came in third on one of them and then top 10 on others. So I love all three of those courses. I'm trying to peak when I, you know, obviously I would like to win this week or win when I get a chance out here and right. take care of it, take care of itself. But honestly, I'll probably play a lot of corn fairy stuff from here on out until, those, those corn fairy final start and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully get my car back through that or, or went out on the corn fairy and get my, you know, there's, there's so many different avenues I, I got and I'm not, I'm not stressing at all. Um, if you'd asked me probably 